I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Recording. We're going. She's back, y'all. She's back. She's in charge. She is ready for this day. But Jane is only talking to you. Telling but Jane is only talking to me. I don't know what kind of beef you and Jane have. Oh, we have one uh, now. That's for sure. Listen, I try not Bitch. to get involved in office politics. I just want to show up, do my job, and get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, however, yeah. uh, this week, we have yet another illustrious guest. I don't know. How do I introduce this person? This person <laughs> is an actor... A, uh, a singer, Brian. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Hi, hello. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yes, longtime <laughs> listener of the pod, right? Yeah, super long. Bless you. I didn't binge them yeah. all on a train from DC. Nice. Yeah, nothing like that. You didn't call accompanying us for this section like a year ago or anything. I did. I specifically wanted the ball. Yes. So I'm fine. I'm glad that it's finally here. I have been waiting for this moment. My ball gown is steamed. My hair is curled. I am ready to go. Used buckets of sleek easy potion. Yeah, all of that. Super excited. Um, So yeah, let's get into it. Let's dive into this. Unless actually, do we we want Brian's house? Yeah, let's like like Brian's house. Brian, a little introduction. Like, give us your house, your wand, your Patronus. Okay, that's so many. Just just pick one. Your so I am a proud course. Slytherin, Whoa. definitely a proud Slytherin, no shame. And my Patronus is Natalie Portman as the Black Swan. Okay, well, um, now that we are representing three of the four houses, mm-hmm. let's dive into this little section. Yeah. So last week we left off in study hall with Snape abusing students. <laughs> right. It's cool. We're going to open this week with Harry making his way up to the Owlry, which this was a really big moment where I stuck my foot in my mouth because what does he walk past but the Stonehenge that I incorrectly stated last season that we never see again. Oh, oh and there I, it is. What I thought about this time that I've never thought about before, but now you've traumatized me, as they're zooming out from Stonehenge and they have the bridge, I was definitely looking for the dragon corpse in the like ravine Oh, God. <laughs> it's down there it never comes out it's absolutely down there he pointed that out that after the the task with the dragon and the dragon just like collapses near that bridge you never see like what happens to it so (laughs) this is the first time i'm like wonder if it's still down there can you see it (laughs) no they've gone according to you they've gone and harvested its skin and its heart absolutely absolutely anyway Um, I've yes, I've definitely never noticed that that was Stonehenge before, and that if he had turned left on that route, he would go down to Hagrid's. But that's cute. Love finding new things. Yeah. Uh, he makes his way up the steps of the Owlry and runs right into Cho Chang. Uh, they do a silly sort of like dance to get around each other, and after a warning about the stairs being slippery, Cho turns to leave. I did have to pause it a couple of times here because I thought for a moment that she was wearing a Ravenclaw sweater that I was, or a Ravenclaw scarf that I was excited about, but it's not. It was a white and gold, blue and black situation. Um, always looking for merch to buy. I am always looking for merch that is actually Ravenclaw colors. I had a question about this moment that I don't think I've ever questioned before, because in the book she says it's a bit icy at the top of the stairs. And I think they meet on the stairs, maybe in the book. But what stairs are sh- is she talking about right here? There, there's I no- feel like stairs inside the owlry i feel like there must be more stairs inside the owlry there has to be but like but where we don't see them and if she is talking about the stairs that they're already on he's already up there why are you warning him well, it's just like a weird awkward gut reaction where she's like oh how's the weather the stairs are slippery okay, okay i like that better because <laughs> i'm like why do they be more because we were in the owlry in like an earlier scene i don't see stairs i don't see where yeah, they we don't be really in. get to see a lot of it though true so they there could actually be stairs in there but i like i like brian's theory it's just an awkward uh it's icy up here yeah Yeah, Yeah. i agree with you okay i like that uh with a little moment of consideration and hesitation harry calls her back and he superly superly anyway super awkwardly blurts out an invitation to the ball Mm -hmm. cho painstakingly makes him 
ask a second time, and he manages to get the words out intelligibly this time. Sadly, she shoots him down because she's asked somebody else, or somebody else has asked her, and she said that she would go in her little Irish brogue. Uh, I don't think and... I've ever noticed before until you pointed it out. She does. She has like a very soft voice. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Is it a goal? Like she doesn't really ever yeah. like. Oh, she speaks in a whisper the entire yes. time. You, yeah, that's how you would set it. I'm like, I don't think she. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, all six of her lines, you don't know what she says. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. We were saying, I think last week, whenever it was, um, on an earlier episode, that she got the same raw deal that uh, Bonnie Wright got. That Cho is a much more interesting and compelling character in the books just like Ginny is and in the movies she's just kind of there yeah uh you're gonna be a love interest anyway uh he's like appropriately bruised and tries to brush it off and have his stuff up her lip it's kind of silly um mostly I'm just glad for the scene to be over because I'm sick of looking at owl poop but my favorite part of the scene aside from the owl that is judging them the whole time (laughs) are the random owls swooping in and out of the background of Harry. Like, are they real owls? Did they CGI some owls in? What's happening? We had a big owl budget, this movie. There's a lot of owls. I think that they're real owls. Yeah. And there's just, like, trainers are just off camera, just having the owls swoop back and forth. Listen, if we could have 400 crows in Prisoner of Azkaban, we can afford a couple dozen owls and a couple trainers. Yeah, I guess. The bird budget is wild. We love our birds. They have so many birds. My other favorite moment is when Cho calls Harry back. He like sprints out of the owlery as if she like (laughs) suddenly doesn't have a date anymore. Like he bursts through this door with like hope in his eyes. Like what? This is the moment. The football. It's totally Lucy with the football. (laughs) And she's just like, see you later. I would have said yes. Next, we find Harry cuddling his egg in the Gryffindor common room. Um, Shortly after, Ron is escorted in by a gaggle of girls that we've never seen before. Perhaps they're Ginny's friends. Why do these girls care about Ron? Unclear. Anyway, uh, Ginny is consoling him and Harry asks what's up. It turns out that he asked Fleur Delacour to the dance. Uh, the book bitch that I have here is that we never learn in the film that she's part Vila or even what Vila's are, but I digress. Mm-hmm. So this whole like hypnotized entranced look that he's going with here makes no sense. Right. Nor does the line that he uses, which is kind of gross. You know how I like it when they walk. <laughs> this is like, like I like them from behind. He just, yes, he later says that. He just sounds like a teenage creeper. Yeah, they're all teenage creepers. Look at their hair. Oh God, (laughs) fucking sheepdog one hundred and one. I don't know. Yeah, his next line is like, "I've always liked looking at them from behind." That's what. Yeah, it's just so fucked up. What? What? Oh no, 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 no. I do love Hermione's reactions when Harry asks how Flora responded, and she goes, "No, of course." And then she goes, "She said yes." Like, oh. Utter disbelief. You're really just there to kick him in the junk here, Hermione, aren't you? It's It also just makes it super weird because the whole time Ron's telling the story, all of these random girls are, like, actively leaning in. Like, they are hunched over him. And it's this close-up shot that looks like they're about to break into It's a Hard Knock Life. Like, you have this sad little redhead surrounded by these orphan-looking girls Yep, as Ron is sputtering on about how he's not cut out for this and she'll never forgive him, the Patil twins walk by and deliver their creepy unison. Hi, Harry. We've already talked about it on a previous episode, so I'm not going to harp on it. But why the hell is Padma in Gryffindor? Rage. She is a Ravenclaw. She is in my house. She is my people. Yeah, visit each other's houses. Like, let's say that she was actually... They dress her as a Gryffindor in this movie, though. Maybe she's borrowing her sister's clothes. Girl. Maybe they're parent trapping it just like badly. <laughs> Maybe they're switching classes. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit, you're supposed to be in potions. Oh god, I thought oh I forgot. <laughs> this whole time they're just like taking each other's tests. Anyway, we get a brief glimpse of what it looks like Harry having a light bulb moment. Uh and then we immediately cut to a shot outside of the castle. The boat. Uh, the boat. <laughs> oh. We hear string music playing and the Durmstrang ship is decorated with fairy lights. Doesn't really seem like their style, but I'm going to allow it. It's Christmas, whatever. 
It's like a creepy looking ship, though. It is. I which like I think is ship. appropriate. I, I mean, like it. Durmstrang is the land of my people. We know how to sail and do things. We are burly. I'm creepy looking ships. And creepy Johnny Depp might ships. be on there. You don't know. You don't yeah, know? Another more crossover potential. I had a question for the first time for this um, Yule Ball that I've What's never noticed question? before. So we see like the, the, the door to Hogwarts open and people are kind of filtering in. Mm, Where are great. these students coming from in carriages? So I questioned that myself. Okay. And I kind of chalked it up to like the Thestral carriages bringing students from the ship and from the Bobaton. Bobaton? How yeah. do we decide it is? Bobat and Bobaton carriage. Yeah. So that they also, don't there's have only to walk one the carriage, snow. isn't there? Like there's only one carriage and no one's getting out of it. People are walking oh. around it. We only see one. We see. Oh, okay. You're right. So maybe it was just one. I just felt like the kids in it were kind of like young and like. We yeah. saw like a dozen. Yeah. I mean, they kind of yeah. jump all over the place here with the number of students that are at Hogwarts from each of the other schools. Okay. Yes. And it also continues throughout the entire ball. There's 100 people, then there's 50 people, then there's 20 people, then hey. it's a ball. <laughs> and also, it's this initial entrance, if you didn't know you were watching a Harry Potter movie, you would think that you were watching children going to their high school choir performance. Like, all the boys are in black, all the girls are in ankle-length square choir dresses with, like, sensible wraps. I'm like, this is a ball, and we are showing up to a magical performance. Like, can we get a different wardrobe team? Uh, Talk about that, that, like, I did notice this for the first time in the entryway. There's, like, yeah, like you said, there's three girls wearing, like, matching dresses. Matching matching. headpieces. I feel like the Beaubaton girls are might... all wearing the same thing okay, okay. so okay. we're jumping ahead a little bit um, okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry. after that shot of the ship with the fairy lights um we cut back inside the castle inside the entrance hall students are milling about and meeting up and then suddenly we're back in the gryffindor dorm room and ron is fretting about the state of his dress robes Harry comes in in his immaculate robes and the two have a silly exchange about Ron's. I was a little bummed, like you just said, Brian, that all the guys are in black. In the book, uh, Molly buys emerald green robes for Harry because they bring out his eyes. We know he doesn't actually have green eyes in the movie, so I guess maybe it's appropriate that they went with black, but I think it's kind of boring. Yeah, but we get this beautiful scarecrow bath mat moment from Ron. Listen, okay, I... On one hand, I think that this was more time than we needed to spend on this. But truly, I think that Rob, Ron's robes are hilarious, and I would absolutely have worn them in high school. <laughs> okay. But it also made me wonder why he was the only one with shitty robes. Like, how did Ginny get this, albeit ugly fucking dress, but new-looking dress? It's and, not you know, new-looking. Okay. It's He's nicer. wearing an oily and a tablecloth. It is nicer than Ron's dumbass robes. Correct. Maybe... And we only see one of the twins. I think it's Fred with Angelina. And his, like, looks old school, but it still looks nice. So why is Ron getting shit on? I guess because he always is. He's the youngest brother. I did look online, and there was a theory that was like, oh, the twins probably got um, Bill and Charlie's old robes. And so that she really only had to go to a secondhand shop for ron's and i was like all right well whatever hmm. it still bugs me and also even at 14 i could have figured out how to cut the fucking lace trim off if that was bothering me and how to do something with the ruffled shirt like i don't know don't wear it yeah in like, the book doesn't he try to like zap off his yes. lace yes. accessories yes. And i kind of miss that detail that it could have at least been like he's sitting there with a the wand or whatever we don't just see it happening but he could even like show harry i've been trying to get the lace off and i can't get it off Right, if we're going to spend this moment talking about this hideous outfit, like, why not go the extra step and take three seconds to have that comedic moment? Instead, we have to watch Harry holding a toothbrush. And and his little little accessory bag. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, what? Because at the end of the day, like, Ron's dress robes are like a badass long coat. I would love that coat. Like, cut off the lace. I could make it. Come for me. Are you anyway, a Taylor now? Can you can you make 
Magical cool okay. guy? Okay. No, we already know someone with that name, and we're going to talk about him later, and he's lovely. Okay, true. <laughs> Continuing on, we're with the boys as they descend the stairs into the entrance hall. Ron starts making some really shitty comments about Hermione, mm. and suddenly they make me not really give a shit at all like, that he looks like a dumbass. Yeah. And as we already said, to be honest, the haircut is far worse than the robes are, so that's on him. Everyone's they... hair journey throughout this entire ball scene. It's just... It is. I, I can't begin. Yeah. I just think that long hair very rarely looks really good on men. And I think that this is a like really great example of that. <laughs> fair that's fair because there's no one in this movie that looks good with long hair can we get to maggie's outfit please uh i'm almost there so they meet up with the patil twins and this is the first indication that we get or confirmation that we get of what exactly the light bulb moment that harry had uh was uh he asked the twins to be his and ron's dates mcgonagall comes up and asks if harry is ready gotta say you want to comment on her wardrobe so i'm gonna let you take that one but i don't like this disheveled like oh i thought i told you that mcgonagall like that bitch is always in control that's not that's very out of character for her that being said let's talk about what she's wearing i fucking love it <laughs> i don't have a lot to say about it i just love i noticed at this time like more in detail like just like little horns almost like poking off of her stuff but it's like very fit and cut and tailored to her too i just fucking love it it is an incredible <laughs> outfit and it's a great fashion moment for maggie smith however in the book it describes her as wearing like a tartan robe oh. and she has a wreath on her hat and i would pay so much money to see dame maggie smith just with a big old wreath on her head right and the tartan makes sense because she's scottish yes i want like scottish mother christmas realness <laughs> from maggie smith in this moment i love this I love this. That's okay. That is good. Yeah, this felt a little too severe, I guess, because it's supposed to be Maggie, quote unquote, letting her hair down. It's very Alphaba. No? Okay, never Wicked. mind. <laughs> From Wicked, right? Yes. I, I guess. <laughs> it's very like late second act Alphaba. Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess she's like missing a cape. Alphaba has a lot of capes, but she this does is, have so many capes. This could be an Alphaba moment. I like the turtleneck. I like the high collar. You know what I heard the first time, though, in this scene? She says, at some point, Maggie Smith, I had the captions on. She says, oh, you're so late. She says it's no one. No one. And all I could think was maybe she means Hermione, because Hermione's coming down the stairs. But she doesn't see her. Nobody sees Hermione She doesn't see Hermione also There's like a weird cut, because you see her her walk away, like, towards the stairs. But then the next time you see her, she's saying the same thing to Cedric and Cho. So, like, she's... We're having some continuity issues with Maggie's location and who she's yelling at at any given point in time. Got also, it. she's only looking for the four champions. Um, champions. Yeah. So who was Why late? is she running up the stairs? Yeah. I'm like, and you're up. Floor is standing right there. Victor's coming in. Like, everyone's yeah. location is accounted for. <laughs> oh, you're so late. I'm like, who? Okay. Weird. Line. She's got fire whiskey up her sleeve and she's just like, oh, who's everywhere? You know who's what? where? Where are we? <laughs> I knew she was my girl. I love this. Oh, she's sharing it with Snape. <laughs> They're both oh, wearing God. all black. She directs Ron and Padma into the hall and then is milling about, get with the other champions. And as y'all just said, her location is kind of undetermined. Um, and she sends Harry to line up with the other champions with Parvati. Harry is like making eyes at Cho, who admittedly is stunning. Gorgeous. This kimono moment from her. Beautiful. Lovely. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Is it racist? <laughs> well, we got the Patel twins in their saris. We got Cho in her kimono. Like, Hogwarts is diverse. We get it. Right. We understand. But it's just like the yellow ranger being Asian and the black ranger being black. Oh, 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 no, stop it. <laughs> and the red ranger being First Nation. Oh, wow. Like, I forgot all of those things. <laughs> oh, is it okay? I mean, it's not, like, not okay, but is it exploitation to be like, hey, look at how diverse we are? 
Yeah, I don't know. Especially because, like, aren't they all supposed to be, like, in dress robes? And Cho's yeah. dress robes are a kimono adjacent. Well, they they skip that, this whole fucking ball. Because the, the boys are in dress robes, the girls are in dresses. Yes. They yeah. completely that. omitted the idea that the girls were wearing dresses. Or, That's excuse me, fair. dress robes. They're all wearing dresses. They're all wearing high school choir girl dresses. I'm, I'm totally on your side now. Except for the... Patil's show and our homegirl Hermione. And Ginny. Well, Ginny's wearing a tablecloth and you don't really see what Flora's wearing. She has like a fancy headpiece. Ginny's in like this little girl outfit that's just kind of upsetting. I didn't need it. She's like a little doll. I mean, she is 13. Yeah. Yeah. They're 14. You don't get a ball gown when you're 14. She's 13. She's 13. I know, but but Harry and Hermione and Ron are all like. 14 yeah. like Hermione's in a full ball gown and Ginny is going to the community production of Nutcracker <laughs> is okay I don't think that I don't think that any of them are in an actual ball gown they're all Hermione's in a ball gown they're in a high school ball gown no Hermione's in a, a ball gown no I'm with him high school ball gown it's long correct but it's not the poof out like a Cinderella dress that's a ball gown listen what? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. I feel like we're about to get scolded. <laughs> Hermione's got the little ruffle sleeves. It's a floor-length dress. There is some poof. Yeah, okay. She's got the detail on the bottom. It flows very nicely. Okay, well, let's back up. The other girls are in boxes. So <laughs> Harry's making eyes at show right before... The real reason we all watch this movie occurs. The, the moment three and a half books in the making... The moment the movie's fucked up by making her pretty in Chamber of Secrets, we have Hermione's slow motion entrance. The best part of the franchise. Now, okay, I know Brian probably has a lot to say here, so I'm going to keep my bit brief. Um, I love a slow motion stairway entrance as much as the next homosexual. I did grow up in the 90s at the height of teen romance films. And you're upset that they didn't play Kiss Me? in the background but a little bit but i just i don't think that this was everything that i wanted it to be because she wasn't rachel lee cook look maybe i'm still (laughs) just upset about the hair situation maybe it's that i wanted the blue dress i was always more of a merryweather than a flora i digress but this was supposed to be such a drastic transformation that the boys didn't even recognize her when they saw her and to me it was just hermione in a pretty dress like, again, Emma is gorgeous. This is no commentary on her appearance. I just wanted that extreme transformation that we didn't get at all. We do it a, a, a bit just when she's walking in. Is that Hermione Granger with Victor Crumb? Right. No, 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 no. Like, other students are playing that up. No, I mean, as the viewer, you don't get a, oh, my God, that's the same person kind because of reaction. Yeah, we've never made her frumpy. Right, because she was never, like, we don't, people do not have the same reaction that they have when they find out that Grip Hook and Flitwick are played by the same fucking actor. That's the kind of transformation that I want. That's the kind of, (gasps) that I want. But instead, we just, we have a pretty girl in a pretty dress. It's like, okay. I guess also from a technical standpoint, it's a sensitive situation to go up to a 14-year-old actress and be like, we need to make you stunning. We need to make you unrecognizably stunning. But they did that already two movies ago. She looks great. Look at her hair in Sorcerer's Stone and look at her hair at the beginning of Chamber of Secrets. They decided two years ago that she was going to be beautiful instead of plain looking. She never had the buck teeth that she was supposed to have. That's this true. Is like complaint. Well, she was supposed to. They did that. They did give her like prosthetic teeth, and then they said that was too weird. They took them out. She was going to. She was going to have weird teeth. I'm pretty right. Sure. They should. Anyway. Like, it's been your complaint from like the beginning of this podcast. Which yes, she's too pretty. Yes. And so this she's moment doesn't really mean as much. I, I I give you that. I literally wrote down, stunning, flawless, no notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you're not judging Drag Race. That's this okay. is my favorite part. This is when this movie came out. My preteen little gay self was so excited for the Yule Ball. I went and sat through this two and a half hour movie for this seven minutes. And specifically this four seconds where she walks down the stairs. You didn't want her dress to be blue. You know, I'm not mad at the pink. 
it's beautiful. She looks stunning. She floats down. She looks she so serene and she beautiful. She absolutely floats down the stairs. It's a flawless slow motion entrance. She is framed beautifully by the stairs and the fire. And the only thing that ruins it is this 35 year old lunk of man that picks her up and gives like this gross head nod. <laughs> like, look what I got. I like his little bow. I even have a yeah. color on no, it. No, no, no. So he, he bows to her. And then when he when she takes his arm, he gives this gross little like, yeah, she's mine. And then she giggles and waves at Harry. And she's like, look at And like that okay. takes the magic away from me. True. <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, so you're jumping ahead. Okay. Let's anyway, <laughs> she reaches the bottom of the stairs after floating down. Floats and we down. Get- Pink the second princess. surprise, pink princess. She floats down the stairs. We get the next surprise, and that's that Victor Crumb is her date. Uh, he does, in my opinion, a very adorable little bow to her before he offers his arm. And I think that makes him look like a gentleman that knows how to conduct himself, especially juxtaposed next to Harry's very awkward clumsiness. And I have after a problem all, with the bow. <laughs> I have a problem he, with the, like, Sup, bro. Head nod. I have never. I didn't even notice that this watch through. I'm gonna have to look back at it now. Oh my gosh, go back, listeners, go back. After (laughs) all of that bitching, I I actually disagree with you, Brian. I like Hermione's giddy little. I can't believe this is happening. Can you believe it? Giggle as she walks by Harry to line up. I think that that's very cute. She's like, (laughs) like yeah, that's exactly what I'd be. You're dating like the world's best Quidditch player. Like yeah. Hell yes. So the doors to the Great Hall open, and we get our first glimpse of the ball as the champions enter with their partners. I love that everything is covered in frost. There's snow falling, ice sculptures, and towering Christmas trees. It is truly a winter fantasy for the gods. I think they nailed it. As far as set design goes, I, I really loved this moment, this entrance. It was everything I wanted. Um, so watching this back after having not watched it for many years, I remember being like stunned by the ballroom and then these doors open and you see all the white and the blue and it's only snowing on the top half of the screen. But the more and more that you look at like the decor and like the stuff on the tables, it looks like they went to the winter section of pier one. And no. just like threw some stuff on the table. I was oh, just gonna say, I was gonna say it was very well done. It might be a little dated because yes, it was the nineties at this time, but I liked it a lot. And actually, I think Corey, you're wrong because I wrote it too. I was like, oh, look at these beautiful ice sculptures. No, I don't think they are because later at the like towards the end of the ball or whatever, they're still there, like same shape, but some of them are not lit up anymore. I think they're just like lit up, like lantern kind of things in the middle like lantern centerpieces oh i still think that they're ice sculptures they could be they could be like no melt ice sculptures or something but like at some point they're like stopping lit up but yeah i was like oh, this is, i liked it i thought it was so pretty okay yeah, Brian. floral even floor even talks about there being ice sculptures at bobat bobaton that never oh. melt oh okay 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 how do you not like this beautiful setup brian why are you I- so above it I, I like the overall impression when the mm-hmm. doors open and you see the frost. But yeah. as you go through the ball and you're seeing the close-ups of some of like the tassels and like the sparkles spray painted on the wall and like the plastic cutlery and like the paper tablecloths, it gets a little pier one kitschy. Okay, Brian, oh. this is still a high school dance at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. It's magic. <laughs> they talk to their plates and food appears. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, so maybe they could spring for the weird sisters, but they couldn't get real plates. Oh, we can't talk about the weird sisters yet because really I have want, things to I, say. Oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. Keep going, please. Okay. So there are complaints to be had about the decor. Apparently, okay. we get a stunned Padma asking if that's Hermione with Victor, and Ron is in complete denial. I'm just gonna say it again. This would make a lot more sense if she hadn't already been gorgeous. But we can't have a plain-looking leading lady. I get it. It's fine. She had to be beautiful even though she was 12 years old. It's fine. Um, So uh, Flitwick is now apparently the band director as well. Dumb, 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 but whatever. And And I've never noticed in this moment, this is what upset me, it's a child orchestra. 
Yeah, he conducts an all-too-professional-sounding student orchestra. Children. I have never noticed this before. I was so upset <laughs> for so many re- Hopefully, it's just like a few songs and those kids can go to bed. Um, Number one. Number two, when did we get an orchestra? Number three, at one point, he's like conducting two and he's looking at the crowd. I'm like, who are you conducting? Who are you You're conducting? Conductor? Who are what you is conducting? Is did you also labor? notice that at one point, the orchestra had saxophones in it? Yes. Do you hear a goddamn saxophone? I do. No, because guess I what? Orchestras know. don't have saxophones. <laughs> I was just upset by the whole thing. I'm like, oh, I never noticed this. Oh, God, it just gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it's I a never. dumb bit that they just keep <laughs> carrying. Again, from the fucking second movie where he's suddenly a... Or is that the third movie where he's oh, the choir God. director? With the, with the toads. The, it's the third. With the toads. To singing choir toads. Yeah. No what idea why suddenly music what? is something that we study at Hogwarts... And again, I don't these know. kids were filed out of that fucking uh, great hall. So are they allowed to eat? Now these kids are probably like hustled out of this fucking Yule Ball. Are they allowed to eat? Like, what is happening? Are there, is, this, is this a whole child labor section of Hogwarts? Do we have to get into that? Okay, no, we're not going to. No, we don't have to get into that because it's, it's stupid okay. and we don't want to acknowledge it. Thank you. Okay. but just We don't want to encourage it. Nope. Uh, the champions open the ball with a dance. I will say... The choreography here is deceptively easy. How do they know the choreography? Harry was just told he has to dance, and now he is, like, panicking, well, but then lifts her? There's, there's lifts? a previous scene where they all learn, they're all learning a dance. And my only assumption too. is that they all learned the same choreography. Which is like, okay, so you only learned a waltz. Who knows? Maybe the, those lessons were much longer than we expect them to be. But, like, Harry looks awkward as hell. The other champions are moderately graceful. But why are we lifting 14-year-old girls? We don't need to lift teenagers. We don't need lifts here. Mm -hmm. Teenagers don't like to dance like this. There's a shot. It's like a full body shot of Harry and, is this, who's this? Property. Um, Where they've, Harry's never looked shorter. Yeah, they, looks, it's, it looks like he doesn't have knees, and then it like, doesn't help that you have the rest of the students like aligned in height order immediately behind him. The other couples begin to join, and we get a lot of like silly cutaways that I'm not sure were necessary. We still see, see Filch dancing with Mrs. Norris, who has bright red eyes. Does she always have bright red eyes? Recently, yes. Yes, recently, we've it's talked really about upsetting. it. I just keep playing uh, demon cat. Oh no, sorry. In this this set of notes, I wrote red eyed bastard cat. Yes, it's terrifying. No. It's a terrifying creature. We see Neville and Ginny walk out on the floor together. In her beautiful tablecloth. Oh my God, it's so ugly. I don't I know like what that was about. I like the Nutcracker comparison. That makes more sense. I like that one. We see Moody getting drunk on Polyjuice Potion, apparently. Moody. Yes. Most also, there's a woodland creature in his lap. And okay. this is where you start to see the Pier 1 decor come in. Really? There's like a random tassel. The wall that he's next to has like sparkles shellacked on I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back up. There's a what in his lap? There's, a there's like a woodland creature. It's a ferret that looks like ferret. dead. And it's like right in his crotch. What? I wrote dead? And, yeah. Yes. I wrote dead. I said, what the fuck is this ferret dead codpiece slash fanny pack? Oh, yeah. I hate that. Oh, it's he, horrible. Now, now, speaking of McGonagall, what she's supposed to be wearing, he is kind of wearing like a Scottish kilt. Yes. He's wearing a kilt, which He's is wearing a kilt. There's also Hagrid working up the nerve to ask Madame Maxime to dance. And eventually the little choreographed waltz transitions into a mosh pit as the weird sisters take over, who are apparently led by a man. In fact, there don't appear to be any women in the five-person band named the Weird Sisters. So I went to consult the book for this because I was like, are the Weird Sisters men? Why would they be? But in the book, they talk about the Weird Sisters taking the stage and they're like covered in hair. And I'm like, does that mean they're like bearded men? Like, have they been men this whole time? Are they wearing dresses made of hair? It's a tribute band. Either way, why is, like, fake Mick Jagger in this movie? Thank you. I read an interview with him that he said that he only did it to impress his kids and his sister's kids. This fake Mick Jagger? I forget who it is. It's the lead for, uh, let me look it up. Jarvis Cocker. 
way to be a good sport, Jarvis. Anyway, so very interesting choice that there are no appear to be no women in a band named the Weird Sisters. Also an interesting choice that Flitwick is now surfing. I'm not even going to go into that any further. It's just a fucking dumb bit that we hated that Quaron did that now is being done in this film. So the kiddos are having a glorious time dancing around and being teenagers. And the camera pans to Harry and Ron sitting at a table with Parvati and Padma. I do find it really hard to believe that these girls would be sitting here pouting. In my experience at high school dances, the girls all danced in one big group and the yeah. boys found a spot to sit and sulk until the slow dances came on so they could go and make out with their dates. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe things are different in the UK. Who knows? Oh, Ron and Harry are leering at Crumb and being little brats. Parvati is saved by a Durmstrang boy. And after a song ends, Hermione and Crumb pass by. Crumb goes off to get them drinks, and Hermione sits down with the grumpy boys. Ron and Hermione have a little spat, during which Hermione delivers my favorite line of the movie, potentially of the series, what's got your wand in a knot? That's a great one. He's such a pouty bitch in this moment. He is such a pouty bitch. In this entire section, he's a little fuck. I hate him. No. This movie, especially, they're all so moody. Yeah. And, like, mean to each other for no reason. Very Which angsty. they kind of missed by an entire movie because that's supposed to be at age 15. Anyway, Ron is cranky that she's there with Crumb, uh, but he's really hiding behind being Harry's friend and supporting Harry. And he claims that she's fraternizing with the enemy and that Crumb clearly wants more than a friendship. Let's be real. He's not wrong about Crumb wanting more <laughs> than a friendship. He's a 17 year old boy. He wants to get laid. It's fine. Did anybody else feel for Harry, though, in this moment that they're like arguing over him? No, because he put himself no. there. They don't care. Oh, oh. Do we also feel for Harry that in this moment there are no, there's no glass in his glasses? <laughs> oh, I def- yeah, he's definitely blind. Yeah, he turns to the right. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I know, I already knew this, like, little piece of trivia that, like, he doesn't have glass in his glasses most of the time. But, like, in this moment particularly, I'm like, okay, we're not even. They didn't even try. They didn't, they didn't try with the color of his eyes. They didn't try with his glasses. Uh, Hermione gets up to leave. She's looking very conflicted and she clearly wants to say more, but she takes off after Crumb. Padma also abandons the boys after asking if Ron is ever going to ask her to dance. And that pretty much sums up every school dance I ever attended. Finally, we cut to Ron and Hermione leaving the Great Hall. They're arguing once again. Ron is accusing Victor of using Hermione to get to Harry. And then that Victor is too old for her. Ron is being appropriately gross here, giving off very machismo bullshit. I hate it. And Hermione just confronts him about what's really happening, basically that he's jealous. She does a good job of putting him in his place here, but she does kind of lose it. Um, yeah, about her hearing not... starts to come out a little bit, right? Her yeah, she looks, she looks unhinged. She does, and rightfully appropriately so. Appropriately so. She attacks him for, you know, not about not using her as a last resort the next time. And, of course, he denies it because he's a little twat. Um, Harry appears out of fucking nowhere. True. And she then turns on him, sending him off to bed. Off to bed <laughs> with you both. I loved that moment, actually. It's a very That's accurate, the solution. Like, what do you have to say? To, Nothing. Just, go to bed. Like, you, you get up there. <laughs> I love yeah, this. it's a very Molly Weasley moment. We see yes. Ron being in love with his mother for a moment. Sidebar, did anyone notice the random couple slow dancing in the doorway yes there's Why? like there are people on the dance floor and you're out here it's not like you're having a private moment there there's are hooligans behind you and you're dancing it in the lobby correct well yeah, Hermione odd. Granger has a meltdown well she's not the only one Corey do you know that, the, that she has girls crying behind her the crying girl chorus it's like she's supposed to, she's about to burst out and it's That's raining on stairs night. for stairs we love crying. crying on stairs stairs of crying. I love crying on stairs dramatically yes Absolutely. Harry gives Ron a very, like, what the fuck is happening look mm-hmm. as he obeys Hermione's orders to go to bed. But Ron, of course, can't resist making one last garbage comment about how women get scary as they get older. Woof. Yeah. Hermione shouts at Ron and she collapses on the stairs. True princess I, fashion. Truly. I, I actually think this is a rare moment where this scene plays out better in the film than it does in the books. Her her line delivery. You wrote everything as she's crying like oh my god you felt that in that moment I'm yeah like, her pain is genuine shit. and it's it's hard to actually look at it's 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 painful yeah. also it's her first there. instinct is to take off her shoes 
which god bless right she's I like mean, you know i'm not pretending anymore same. <laughs> that's any take girl on a night out you take, take your, your hair off. down cry off your mascara it's super sad it's super sad especially after she's just had like this big victory of becoming like this beautiful young woman again i promise this is the last time i'm going to say it because we're almost done here but it would have been more effective if she hadn't already been beautiful but it is what it is yeah Uh, it's always been beautiful on the inside (laughs) shut up damn it brian (laughs) to tie things up we get a few more couples dancing as the ball winds down we see neville and jenny we see hagrid getting a little handsy uh, there's Fred and Angelina in the background. And Which I Flit- never noticed until this viewing. Right. And we even see like Flitwick like, doing the Rock wave. on the stage. Yeah, yes. like, having his feels. That was cute. Do, these, and... do teens get drunk? I know they drink butterbeer and fire whiskey and stuff. But like, are there are there drunk children at this school function? There could be. But I do want to note in the book, didn't they, wasn't there like a rumor like, oh, Dumbledore is going to order tons of mead? Or something like that yes. for this. Yeah, that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> it's no. actually just responsible drinks for them. But it just it it makes me think about the background teens. Like there's that like group in the hallway. And there's <laughs> the boy like leaned up against the wall talking to all the girls. Like the girls crying on the stairs. Like I mean, honestly, are they I feel sad like because the faculty and or staff are acting more drunk than the students are. <laughs> yeah, Flitwick did crowd surf. So Flitwick crowd surf. Hagrid's trying to cop a feel. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting a little handsy uh-huh. moody is passing out with a ferret on his dick like <laughs> but like know. every good prom it begins and ends on the stairs mm. we have I the princess didn't entrance have a single good prom <laughs> oh i mean that's so sad for you wow you have a nice find a staircase and just cry in it i promise you'll feel so much better I'm, that's what I'm going to do as soon as we're done with this. So we jump to some very dark Cinderella imagery as the clock strikes two. I guess that almost worked. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and a flock of crows flies out of the bell tower and over the castle. One of them makes its way to Gryffindor Tower. But we'll continue with that next week. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, I have some questions for you. Brian, you can go first. Uh, what would you like to grope like Hagrid getting handsy with Maxime and keep from this section? So I would keep Hermione's entrance and her exit, as well as her entire Yule Ball arc. It is a wonderful seven minutes for lovely Emma Watson and Hermione. We've got the joy, the sadness, the anger. We really get it all in this brief moment and in a pink dress. What's not to love? And the sore feet. And the sore feet. Yeah. She made it real. She brought it to life. I love it. Uh, what about you, Andrea? <sighs> I know you didn't like it, but I love the Yule Ball setup. I would go to this party and I'd have a great time. It was beautiful. Oh my God, I like, said the same thing. <laughs> like at one point, too, you look like it. So they usually have the torches just have like fire from the uh, sconces around whatever. There's like blue gems or something that are like lit up and blazing i'm like yes like there's just like not a lot of details that they left out like they fucking went to town on decorating it it may have been tacky at parts you know maybe just because moody's in like the coat check with the tassels fuck him he can go get drunk in a weird corner everything else the light up ice sculptures beautiful love this party loved it yeah i'm with you 100 percent. that's what i said i said the set set design set design of the great hall for the ball god bless you um okay uh brian what are you going to abandon like a shitty escort at a dance and cut from this scene what would i cut i would cut all of the random cutaways in the dance scene i don't need filch and the cat i don't need moody drinking i like as cute as the haggard and maxine moment is i like don't particularly need it um and not so much cut as change i just need a little more effort on the wardrobe team on these background girls dresses Mm. it's a ball i need more detail i need more grandeur if we cut a few owls from that weird rejection scene we could have gotten some legit dresses no we cannot cut into the owl Owl budget (laughs) that's sacrilege we spend so much money on these trainers sorry they stay okay andrea what are you going to abandon like (laughs) i'm just like i'm I'm defending the birds the birds stay okay right (laughs) birds are sponsored by PETA. (laughs) jesus christ so what are you gonna cut what I would cut, honestly, Ron being such a shit. I understand he's hurt, but like the way he just totally shits on her night. Then at one point, he literally, like while they're talking, goes, 
he like clumps clumps his little dumb jaw up like in a pout i'm like you need to check yourself i understand that you're angsty and mad and he was doing all night but like you look like a dick right here you're being a dick i don't know if this has ever happened before that we've had the same thing for both <laughs> things but i said i don't like what a dick ron is in this yes. bit like God in bless. so many ways he's just such a little fucking asshole we had one other time in all of our podcasts and I cannot remember which episode. Something else wow. can love it, comment. But there was one other special time. moment where we just special moment. see completely eye to eye. Thank God is Brian it? is here for variety. <laughs> so Listen, I like to keep things fresh. Yeah, uh, now it's time second. for everyone's favorite segment. Eee. This week's probably unanswerable question. Uh, this one's real, though. This one came from my cousin Brock, okay. uh, friend of the pod. And it is in direct relation to the Yule Ball. Okay. Um, the question is, do wizards observe Christianity? They have a Yule Ball and a Christmas holiday and an Easter break. So are wizards Christian? Hmm. Hmm. You know, I, again, I've never thought about this. Just like I never thought about how half giants are made. By yeah, we're, we are sex. not going back down that road. Can't really really can't couldn't sleep bring um, it back bring it back <laughs> back to this back to this um christianity that's interesting i because uh, you know what's kind of interesting too is if you think about it they're in the uk like they have different holidays than we do they have like banking holiday um boxing day don't they have don't they observe that normally yeah, in the UK? next day so there's like a lot of things that they're not observing really in the books that you think that they would be so actually, maybe they do reference Boxing Day at one point. I they definitely talk about Boxing are Day. They, once. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Are they observing Christianity or are they observing bank holidays? There we go. Okay, but there why would Gringotts be observing a holiday that's not a wizarding holiday? Maybe they don't have banking holidays. Maybe this is just like the wizarding community has just adopted what seems to be the most popular, and they're just taking those on. But it is interesting. Like, why wouldn't? Huh. So they celebrate Christmas. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah, I want to hear. Go. And so when I was a young lad, there was a period of my life that I was super religious, like church every week. Um, when I came out of that, I started doing a lot of research into other religions and particularly the way that Christianity appropriated a lot of religions, especially yes. in Europe. And so... I mean, when you look at it that way, you can understand that Christmas was appropriated from the pagan celebration of the winter solstice. When Romans brought Christianity to the British Isles, the practice of their religions was punishable by death, just like everywhere else. And to avoid punishment, those who wanted to celebrate pagan holidays gave them a Christian makeover. This was very common, yes. um, especially with Halloween, Easter, Christmas. Mm -hmm. All of those were big pagan Sunday holidays. Sunday itself. Yeah. Yes, that Christians appropriated. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it stands to reason, and I, and this I am also taking this from the internet. This is not only my research or only my words, so please don't quote me on this. It stands to reason that the magical, magical community would be familiar with pagan holidays, being that they are, you know, closely related to um, Wiccan holidays, and that the whole birth of magic has a rich history in that, not, a, not to mention Egyptian folklore, which also has a lot of similar holidays to Christianity uh, and even a lot of similar deities. And so mm -hmm. it makes sense that they would adopt those things in the same way that they adopted many traditions from muggles uh, in order to live harmoniously with them. So I think that it to makes sense in. that they would, yeah, yeah, I think it makes sense that they would celebrate them and especially when you consider the Muggleborns, who likely were Christians mm. and were bringing their holidays into the mix, um, I think it's simple assimilation more than anything else. But well, yeah. I just want to—I just want to round it out with thank God they do because I like Christmas at Hogwarts and I like Easter when Molly sends in the eggs that are filled with toffee. We talk about that. Like, <laughs> I do really love that. Like the Harry Potter movies are somehow now Christmas movies. Yeah, they are absolutely Christmas movies. And yeah, they all yeah yeah. So like inevitably we get a Harry Potter marathon around mm -hmm. Halloween and another one at Christmas. Um, anyway, that's where we leave it this week. That's all, folks. I like it. Love this, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on. 
appreciate it. It's been an honor and a privilege. Join us next week. Thank you so much for listening. Find us on all the things. We are on the YouTube. We are on the TikTok. And most importantly, the Instagram, where you can find our minute markers and find out what we are doing for the next chunk next week. Follow, rate, review, share us with your friends. Ask us questions, too. We would love to hear from you. Always. Yeah, submit your probably unanswerable questions. I'm running <laughs> out of them, folks. I need your I need your input. And I need to be traumatized some more. So <laughs> <laughs> I like this one, though. You're right. This one went down smooth. I like this one. This See, one there you good. go. Proud of you. Thanks <laughs> again, Brian. You're glorious. Thank Do you, you. want to let the world know where they can find you, or would you rather remain, remain anonymous? I had to try that word three times. Would you rather remain anonymous? I'm not that famous, but you can find me on Instagram at brian.peel, P as in pumpkin, I-E-H-L. Glorious. All right. But thank you for joining us. We will see you all next week. Thank you. Bye. Love you. See you. Bye. There was absolutely sex in the prefect bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, that's where you would go. That's where the cool kids go to bang. Yeah, it's winter. You can't, like, go out under the bridge or the, under the Quidditch bleachers. Is that a thing? Is that what you do? <laughs> Not, you no. All- I don't want to <laughs> think about Hogwarts ground sex locations. Maybe a different podcast with more wine, but... <laughs> I mean, we already know from the credits of movie mm-hmm. three that they're banging in alcoves when they have to. So, like, empty classrooms, the sure. dungeons, who knows? Sure. Dang. You know, you There's... know the gay Slytherin boys aren't meeting up in the dungeons. Like, the, oh, the... absolutely, absolutely, they might <laughs> might as well be a fucking bathhouse. Also, like, what are we doing with the rumor requirement this whole time? Oh my god. Okay, how did we get here? I don't know. <clears throat>